A teenager saves her family from a burning house, but why could she smell trouble when they couldn't? The Daily Detour. Headlines and entertainment on your schedule. Featuring music by our house band, Quickie. And now, your host, Dan Roberts. Welcome into The Daily Detour. We'll start with this uh, dramatic story, but it is our good news for the day. And then it's on to the dumpster fire. No, I'm kidding. It'll be a good show today. I've pillaged my own archives again, thanks to ZZU for letting me do that. And uh, comedian Andrew Orolfo is the guest this week. But yeah, let's start with this dramatic story about a house in Waco, Texas, where a fire broke out at 2 a.m. 17-year-old Bianca Rivera woke up to the smell of burning plastic. Well, that got her alert pretty quickly, and she ran outside of her room, and the hallway was filled with smoke. So she woke everyone in the house up, got them out of the house. She went back into the burning house to rescue the family pets. Now, the bad news is that the house was a total loss. The good news, of course, is that everyone is safe and alive, thanks to 17-year-old Bianca. Now, why did she smell trouble? That's how I worded it at the beginning. How did she smell the smoke, the trouble, while the rest of the family did not? Maybe you've already guessed. The entire family had come down with COVID-19 and lost their sense of taste and smell, except for Bianca. So another unexpected consequence of COVID-19. I mean, you hear that statistic, 86% of people with mild cases of COVID-19 lose their sense of smell and taste. And you think, well, gosh, I, I love food. That would be a drag not to taste it, not to smell it. No one expects to be asleep in a burning house at 2 a.m. and not wake up in time to save themselves because they can't smell the smoke. So thank goodness for that teenager, really a hero. She says she doesn't feel like a hero. She's just doing what anyone would do for their family. I suppose that's true. I, I don't know. I think for the pets, definitely a hero. She went back into the burning, blazing house. That's what a hero does. So I'm still sticking you with that label, Bianca. So today's guest, Andrew Arolfo, is very funny. If you don't know who he is, I think you'll enjoy him. Young guy, but had the opportunity of a lifetime to join Joe Coy for a Netflix comedy special that you can watch, which we'll talk about in great detail, spoiling all the jokes. No, we won't get into that much detail. But before we get there, it is time for today's Headline News. I just like saying news. There's just something about pronouncing those E's uh, a way that we do not hear in the United States of America anyway. I'm not sure anyone does say news. Do they say news? But it's fun to say. Anyway, here we go. President-elect Joe Biden has vowed to cancel the Keystone Pipeline on his first day in office, which has alarmed many Americans until they realized that he wasn't talking about their favorite inexpensive beer. However, top Canadian officials in favor of the pipeline are urging Biden to leave it alone, eh? Ignoring her own advice to be best, Melania Trump will become the only modern-day first lady not to invite the incoming first lady to the White House for a walkthrough of the private living quarters. But that's okay. Dr. Jill Biden's been there before. I think she, I think she knows the lay of the land. Stripper pole is new, but, you know, everything else was there when Michelle Obama was there before, and they were good friends. Critics say that the U.S. Census Bureau director Stephen Dillingham has been bowing to pressure from the president to quickly produce citizenship information at the expense of data quality. So Dillingham plans to resign as a result, and I guess we can count him out. 
You may remember Russian activist Alexei Navalny, a critic of President Vladimir Putin, who nearly died this past year after being poisoned with a deadly nerve agent. Well, he returned to Moscow this week and was immediately jailed for 30 days because, as you know, surviving a deadly poisoning is a jailable offense. I don't know why he went back. I can't imagine going back to that place after he's poisoned. Would you do that? Because this is where I become a coward. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's either braver than I am or I am much smarter than he is because I'd be like, okay, uh, the poisoning thing. Message received. Honey, what do you say we turn this plane around, head to Australia or the Antarctica? I don't, you know, I really don't care. Pick a place. I'm with it as long as it's not back there. They don't like me there. But, you know, among other things, what's he fighting for? Freedom of speech. In the United States of America, you can say the things that he says without being poisoned. At least that's the way the Constitution uh, reads currently, which they did lock up recently because I don't know if you've heard. There were some shenanigans going on a couple weeks ago. People vandalizing the Capitol building, stealing things. So, yeah, they put the Constitution of the United States away. Incredible. So a lot of news today because there was a lot of weird stuff going on. Uh, there was a man arrested after living inside the Chicago airport for three months, which has me very concerned about security at the Chicago airport. I don't know if he did anything wrong there besides sneak around a lot. They probably have some questions for him. But his story is that he was afraid to fly because of COVID-19. Guys from California, I guess he panicked became something of a hypochondriac because of COVID-19, decided I'm just going to live at the Chicago airport, which in itself makes no sense. I'm so afraid of this virus. I'm going to sit here where there are people from all over the world coming and going constantly. That way, I'll be safe. Anyway, he's been arrested. I don't know how much hot water he's in, but he's in trouble. Among other things, the year 2004 called him and said, hey, we want the plot of our Tom Hanks movie back. See, that's a reference to a movie that came out in 2004 starring Tom Hanks as a guy that lived at the airport. I didn't say it was funny. I just said it was a reference. Uh, final headline here, and this is absolutely true. A French woman declared dead in 2017 says she is not dead. But who are you going to believe? You're going to believe the French government or are you going to believe this woman who says she's still alive? She's been trying to prove that she's still alive for three years now. Nobody will listen to her. And it's become a financial problem because when you're dead, people stop sending you money that you've earned over your lifetime. I don't know. It's a whole weird situation there in France or France, if you prefer. Doesn't much matter when people think you're dead. You can call it whatever you want. So good for her for keeping the good fight going. It seems like a losing battle so far. And it may even be time to ask yourself, are you sure you're alive? Like you're 100% sure that you're still alive, right? All right. She's sticking to her story. So weird. Not her, but everyone around her, apparently. And I think that falls under the category of uh, you can't make this stuff up. It is time to look to Hollyweird. You betcha. And this is not a joke either. Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Company sells a candle called This Smells Like My Vagina. This is not a joke either. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle reportedly exploded in a UK woman's home. She says the candle exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere. The whole thing was ablaze and it was too hot to touch. And Gwyneth's ex-husband said, yep, that sounds like her vagina. That was the joke. Also add vagina to the list of words that I <laughs> have never said on a live mic before. 
You can't just bust that out on terrestrial radio. And generally speaking, it's a word you can avoid. I don't know why, though. It's a medical term. It's not like I spit out some obscene slang. But, you know, Puritans and all that. They're in our heads, man. Still trying to shake some of that. Anyway, unavoidable in that story. That was the story. And apparently, uh, the name of a candle. This smells like my vagina. You can look for yourself right now at goop.com. Tell them you heard about it here on the Daily Detour podcast with Dan Roberts. What else is going on in the world of entertainment? Well, Wednesday's presidential inauguration ceremony will feature a reunion of the new radicals. Not to be confused with the coup radicals from two Wednesdays ago. Although, the name of the album that made the new radicals famous was called Maybe You've Been Brainwashed Too. So there, there may be a connection. Anyway, pretty cool. They're together for the first time in 22 years. And they will perform their hit, You Get What You Give. Remember that? That song handpicked by the first second gentleman, which is a phrase we'll be struggling with for at least four years. Plus, the tune has special meaning for President-elect Joe Biden, who considered, you get what you give, the theme song of his late son, Bo. Bo struggled with cancer, and I guess he always had that song playing. Now, I mentioned on another episode of the Daily Detour podcast that uh, there's, uh, you know, Twitter heads out there that want Donald Trump removed from the movie Home Alone 2. And now actress Christy Swanson says that if cancel culture successfully removes Donald Trump from that movie, she wants to be removed from John Hughes movies as well. Oh, Christy, Christy, Christy. The casting director already did that. It's kind of true. She is in Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but you probably never spotted her because she's only on screen slightly longer than I am. And I'm not in those movies. You could cut Christy Swanson from Pretty in Pink, and you would not affect the running time at all. Anyway, did like her in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's a movie that nobody can erase her from, except for Sarah Michelle Gellar. Steve Martin has received the coronavirus vaccine. We know this because he was seen leaving the hospital wearing a giant syringe through the head. No, not really. But he did get the vaccine, which is good news, because he's a national treasure. Actor, comedian, author, celebrity, Steve Martin. He should get bumped to the front of the line, don't you think? No, celebrities should not get bumped to the front of the line. And he did not get bumped to the front of the line because he's a celebrity. He got bumped up to the front of the line because Steve Martin is now 75 years old. When did this happen? This is the comedian that was uh, weird and dangerous. And my, my dad couldn't stand him and I loved him. My dad didn't like Steve Martin until like Father of the Bride came out or something. Once Steve had learned how to rein it in a bit, then my dad was like, this guy, this gentleman is very funny. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good, but I like the arrow through the head thing. A final couple of stories here. A lawmaker has proposed installing a Dolly Parton statue at the Nashville Capitol. The top heavy tribute would be called the Leaning Tower of Dolly. See, (laughs) see, I wrote that and I thought that's like a Johnny Carson joke. Not to toot my own horn. It may not be tooting my horn. What I'm saying is that is a musty old joke that could have done really well in the 1970s or early 80s. And I like it, which is why it's there. So send your hate mail to dailydetourpodcast at gmail.com. Before we get to the first part of my interview with comedian Andrew Arolfo, got a quick programming note for you. If you love nostalgia, you know, you like seeing old time celebrities, like I just mentioned Johnny Carson. How about um, Burt Reynolds? Betty White. How about Burt Reynolds and Betty White? Mark your calendar for February 23rd. That's when you can see Betty White's long-lost animal lovers TV series, The Pet Set. 
which will be streaming on Apple Plus, Amazon Prime, and Google Play. Certainly, you have one of those things. Not necessarily. But anyway, it's out there. Betty made the announcement on her 99th birthday. Happy birthday, Betty White. That's awesome. I hope Betty White went to the front of the COVID uh, vaccine line. She definitely deserves it. And I would go so far as to say, uh, once they discover immortality, she gets to the front of that line too. We need her around forever. And on that note, let's talk with comedian Andrew Arolfo, rising star. I'm going to give you a proper introduction, Andrew. All right, let's hear it. So here we go. <laughs> Andrew Orolfo, and I hope I'm saying that right. Andrew Orolfo is a Filipino-American stand-up comic from San Francisco who has appeared on TV with James Corden, is featured in Joe Coy's new Netflix special, In His Elements, and headlines college campuses across the United States, and he rocks a man bun. Welcome, (laughs) Andrew Orolfo. Hey, what's up? What's happening? You're in quarantine? You shut Everything shut down where you are still? Yeah, uh, I'm in L.A., and... I mean, everything's supposed to be shut down, but I feel like people are just out right now. <laughs> like I feel like when I was driving, yeah, when I was driving, like bars are full, like restaurants are open. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Are they not supposed to be open at all? Like, are they, or are they reduced reduced capacity? I mean, I think they're supposed to be, but no one's really following it. I feel, Fantastic! I, feel I think like, we've got this. Yeah, it's it's all in our heads. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, is. I'm like so scared to go out are you really yeah <laughs> i'm like terrified i hate getting sick so i'm just like i do too i was already well on my way to being a, a, a not quite howie mandel level but i was well on my way to being a complete germaphobe uh, before this hit so in some <laughs> ways i was really prepared for it you know i've got the purell in the car door so yep. <laughs> whenever i get Same. back in the car it's like uh, always yeah. washed my hands uh, you know meeting people at the station and they come in and extend a hand and sometimes it's clammy and you know, <laughs> I wait till they're out of view, and then I'll wash my hands. Like, I'm already, <laughs> I was well prepared I, for this. I do the same exact thing, because I'm doing comedy, so I'm just, yeah. like, meeting people all the time. So, I have, a, I've, I have a, a big bottle in the car, and then I keep a little one of Purell on me. Yeah, my, well, I, I'm bad about that second one, and my wife gets on me. That's the other thing. You go out to restaurants, and pre-pandemic, you know, half the time I was having to ask people to wipe down the table I was at, even at, like, what you would expect to be a nice, you know, it's an expensive restaurant. Uh, and then, of course, if they if they reuse their menus, like it's those menus in plastic covers, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. there's always like food crumbs there. And yeah. so, you you know, you wash after that, too. So Well, they're also wiping down with the same thing they've been wiping down for like the entire day. <laughs> I so know, it's I like, know. I think it's making it worse when you do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I should just deal with the crumbs. I don't think there's going to be crumbs in the near future. And then we'll forget. <laughs> then we'll forget, and we'll just go back to normal. <laughs> oh, so have you been? You haven't been doing stand up because everything's shut down. Uh, kinda. I mean, I've been doing like online shows. They're cool. They're pretty fun. They're not the same, but yeah, it gets the job done. I guess some people love it. Some people don't like it. I think if I was a stand up comic right now, and then things opened up, I was able to go back out. You're not working every night, right? When I was able to go out, I would try to do it every single night. Okay. Just because it's fun for me and I like hanging out with comics. I hope it's it's fun for you. (laughs) What are you doing? Imagine. Um, (laughs) It's torture, but I just do it because I need a job. Uh, No. (laughs) So, but what I was thinking is, you know, those online shows, why do they have to go away once things are open back up? Like, in theory, if you had a free night, 
why couldn't you headline your own show online for people that wanted to even pay to see you, like an on-demand situation? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, yeah. audience all over the globe because you're you're right there. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's just like for me at least, it's just the timing's all different when I'm telling jokes, just because like since it's over the internet, there's a delay in like laughter. Right. It's not the same feeling you get when you're doing it live, but it, for me, it's just like it's me getting the jokes out and working on new material and stuff like that. So I guess I don't really do it. This is weird to say. I don't really do it for the laughs. I mean, I right. do, but I mean, uh, these online shows, it's more for me trying to get better as opposed to like me really, I guess, entertaining a bunch of people. It is preparing me for like the live shows, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. When they come back. Absolutely. I'm going to adjust something here and I hope I don't uh, knock you off for yeah. a second. No, I think we're good. Yeah. But I also, oh, some ahead. of the, sorry, some of the online shows they'll do, they'll do them with like no audience audio yeah. at all. And I hate that so much. Yeah. Like, well, welcome I'd rather to my have... world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's radio. Yeah. I literally and and people feel in, in like in a conversation. I'm I'm like the worst at like like it's a good negotiating tactic with people if you mm -hmm. leave open space because they will fill mm -hmm. that space with something, and I'm that oh, guy okay. that will fill the space. But on the radio, I've learned like uh, like so many jo jocks just never stop talking. You know. And like yeah. you have to kind of respect the pause. So even though I'm not hearing laughter, I, I do wait a beat, just assuming, just hoping, just and praying <laughs> that someone someone got the joke and I've given them time to react, and then it's you know, on to the next thing. Yeah. But it is a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, because some of these shows will do no laughs or no audio, and sometimes when you do the audio, people are just like either there's babies crying in the background or <laughs> yes. they're doing like dishes, and I will take. <laughs> I will take babies crying and dishes over silence any day. Yeah. Know? Babies crying, something you don't usually have to deal with at a show, I'm guessing. <laughs> the dishes the dishes you've probably encountered a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I did an open mic at this place. It was a place that's not necessarily known for stand up. Like I don't even think half of them knew what was going on. And so people aren't paying that close attention. They're doing their conversations. And there's, you hear dishes rattling, and then the guy's like delivering kegs, and it's like thump on the ground. And it was the worst. And I did it there because I knew it would be horrible. Like, I wanted to know if I could withstand that kind of uh, yeah. disinterest. <laughs> uh, but that's it's it's not easy doing that, right? I'm sure you've had gigs like that. Yeah, I mean, early on, well, I mean, even now, like, yeah, I've done shows exactly like that. One, one time, uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> oh, don't, you but, don't uh, have to. You don't have to name a name. Oh, I wasn't gonna name a name. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, up to mind. you. It's up to yeah, you. Okay. yeah. Well, now I'm really curious, but you know. Well, were you always interested in comedy, Andrew? No, not not at all. I, <laughs> so you I, don't do it for the laughs. Yeah, <laughs> and you weren't always interested in it. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried about you, Andrew. No, how did you get? So, yeah. so what piqued your interest? I had never really watched stand-up comedy at all until I started doing it when I was 21. I, I Wow. Yeah, I started when I was 21. And before that, the only comedian I heard of or saw was Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah. So he was the only thing I based stand-up off of. So I was like, I'll do I'll do that, I guess. And Like his style? You thought, well... I'll yeah, yeah I thought it was just like all telling stories and stuff like that, which is there's so much more to stand-up than doing that. He just makes it look so easy that I was like... yeah. 
Oh, wow. Cool. But I used to work at this like skate shop and my manager at the skate shop was like kind of dabbling in comedy. Like he was, he was doing open mics and he was like, he went up to the whole like team and was like, Hey, let's go do open, like an open mic. And then there's like six of us at the shop and we all went and we all did sets. And Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It it was pretty fun. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure it was bad, but I was too nervous to know what was going on well none of you knew like did he give you a, a couple weeks to come up with some jokes or you just all decided like spontaneously we're going tonight it was like we're going tonight oh my and gosh after we got off work we just like went to his house right before and then was like let's try to write jokes or stories or whatever <laughs> this is how it's done yeah <laughs> and then we hopped in the car and then went to the open mic that is wild and I, I'm sure it went terrible, but I'm the only one who stuck with it. Everybody else. Did you get laughs but, that night? I, I doubt it, but in my mind, probably. I was like, yeah, I think this was good, but it was probably so bad. So what? Uh, once you got into it, did you study other comics? If Kevin Hart was kind of your only person to look to at the time, d- did you then kind of dive in and become a student of comedy? Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what I did. I just well, I hopped on Pandora and just put on like a comic, and then eventually it led me to hundreds of other comics, and that's kind of where I started like learning and so who's your biggest different influence styles now? and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. There's so so many. I feel I feel and I feel like it changes over the years. Just who I like. I guess a person that I was super into for a while was Nate Bargatze. I thought he was yeah. really funny. I've only really recently good. figured, like, I've, he's just come to my attention in the last year or two, and he's super funny. Yeah, he's he's great. He's uh, super low key, and yeah. so, I like I like that. I I feel like I'm when I'm listening, I'm very comfortable. <laughs> he he has a calming, calming. You're kind of calming as well. So yeah, for whatever that's <laughs> worth, yeah. <laughs> More with the calming presence of comedian Andrew Arolfo. Say that three times fast. Tomorrow on the Daily Detour. Until then. Take care of yourself, be safe, be well, and be kind to others. Talk to you next up. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits, LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment, and we'll chat with you next time. Hey!